0: For well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means.
1: Connecting the Dots with Dan Happel. Tonight's featured show is Connecting the Dots with Dan Happel. Welcome to the Republic News Network for our live national broadcast. You may call me Kelby, and tonight I'm going to be acting as your moderator. The RNN, which stands for the Republic News Network, has been doing this radio show since 2010, and it's always been a friendly introduction for the people of the United States Corporation. Here we go. It's true. The United States is a federal corporation, and their exclusive jurisdiction is in the District of Columbia. The republic government was simply a bunch of U.S. citizens that, in law, don't have access to the Bill of Rights. And they realized they wanted to be Americans, as our founders and our law provided each and every one of us. See, we've been hard at work since 2008. And since 2010, we have successfully re-inhabited the original government vacated under Lincoln in 1861. I know, it's hard to understand, don't worry. We are law-abiding, peaceful Americans and very pro-government, and we love our country. You can consider the Republic members are tired of the corruption that we see every day. See, we found in the law that there is two forms of government here on the land, and we did something about it. We are people. Mothers, fathers, sons, daughters, we have families Just like you, we simply found some truths, and now we're sharing these important truths with the rest of the world. So get ready to hear things that sound amazing, and get ready to understand that you, too, are about to be a part of history. We welcome each one of you to Connecting the Dots with Dan Happel and your republic, if you so choose. But before we go into our broadcast tonight, please bow your head in prayer. Thank you, Lord, so much for the gentlemen that are on this call. Thank you for uh, Dan Happel and all that he does to bring truth. To the American people, Father, bless this call, bless the people and our guests, and we thank you in your Son's name, Amen. Uh, Mr. Happel, I yield the floor, and all guests have checked in.
0: Well, thank you, Kelby, and um, I I really am excited about tonight's show because uh, everything that's going on in this country right now points to the deep state and all the issues that are going on legally and. Right now, uh, the issue of borders is really getting a back seat. And I think it's important that we keep that subject in front of the American people. And tonight, we've got two gentlemen on this show that are here to do exactly that. Uh, Major General Paul Vallely uh, has actually put together a paper that he is um, circulating with the Trump administration and uh it's been in some of the some of the uh, newspapers around the country uh and it is the proper use of the US military and the National Guard in protecting our na- our uh, our borders under article 4 section 4 of the US Constitution and uh i think it's just going to be a terrific discussion uh also uh i've got a uh, Another gentleman who's been on our show before uh, talking about the border issues, and that is Chuck Floyd. And uh, Chuck was uh, one of the original architects of the border security plan that was uh, put forward while uh, still under the Bush administration. And he's got a lot to add to the uh, conversation tonight as well. Uh, So with that, I would uh, first, uh, Paul, I'd like to introduce you to our our listeners, I know a lot of people have heard you on this uh, on this program before, but one of the things that we 've talked about is the well regulated militia and the role of the militia in the founding of our country, and how important it is to keep those concepts alive and uh, I think uh, what i 've gotten back is feedback on that is that uh, people are astounded that uh, such a, a major uh, military figure as yourself and also someone who's been in the, uh, let's say, the national attention for a very long time, has such a down-to-earth constitutional uh, understanding of what military is is for and what the uh, well-regulated militia is for. Tonight we're going to be talking about the role of the U.S. military in protecting our borders, and uh, with that, I'd like to open it up for uh, for you to just kind of tell our listeners what you've been working on and what your ideas in that regard are.
2: Well, thank you, Dan, and I'm very happy to be back with you again. I know we've tried several times in the last month or so, but uh, I've not been able to come on the show until tonight, so thank you for your invitation. Can you hear me Okay.
0: Yeah, I can hear you just great. Thank you. okay. And, uh, okay. Let's let's uh go ahead and get get started and explain to our listeners uh what your idea about protecting our southern border with Mexico uh uh kind of how you had formulated a plan that is fully constitutional.
2: Well, I I think if people want to go to our website standupamerica.us.org uh they can see the entire plan laid out it's in there and you can do a search on it you can search on google uh or dan people can contact me directly and i'll be happy to send them the plan but uh you know we've uh we've had a fence of some kind uh on the on our border going back to the 1800s whether it's a ranch fence or some fence along a river or whatever but over the uh, decades, uh, because of what's been happening south of our border, we've had to continue to build that uh, better fence, a uh, more extensive fence along the border, uh, to protect uh, America from illegal border crossers. Whether they be uh, uh, peddling drugs in America through the cartels or whether they've been just illegal border crossers coming up uh, as uh, uh, seeking refuge or just crossing over to work or whatever the case may be. And so what uh, President Trump has uh, promised the American people that he would build a wall, but that wall, Dan, is not only a physical wall, but it's also uh, what we call a virtual wall uh, where we have overhead uh, drones, we have uh, aircraft, we have satellite, uh, we have sensors uh, and so on that can track uh, uh, individuals or vehicles coming in uh, uh, over our southern border but also we have to keep in mind that our airports and our seaports are borders as well. So in the total context of national security, we have to consider all three of those. And so uh, since I was in special operations for uh, quite a while, and in fact I'm working on two documentaries right now to produce uh, with Jerry Mullen, uh, who produced uh, Dinesha Seuss's uh, documentaries, You may remember one is on the border border control and what's happening on the border, as well as one uh, on the deep, uh, the deep state, the silent coup. So those are two that we're working on right now. But specifically, the border basically says, if it is in fact a war, and in my opinion, I think in yours, it is a war. It's a war of, uh, of millions and millions and millions, and I don't know how many kilograms, or whatever, you want to measure the drugs, the opiates coming across our country, uh, killing uh, many uh, people. Uh, yes, we create the demand, but we've got to stop the supply, and that's the key. And, uh, but then you look at uh, 29,000 murders in Mexico last year alone, uh, as we estimated. We know there's a corruption in the Mexican government that working with the cartels. We know we've got members of al-Qaeda and ISIS coming up from Venezuela uh, into, the, uh, into the line that uh, goes through Mexico into the United States. Uh, we have uh, a lot of uh, uh, other activities uh, going on which are legal, illegal, and so when you have that and you have a threat such as drugs, such as the cartels, drugs, such as the threat of radical Islamists coming up, then we have a war on our hands. And uh, and when you have a war, you can't win a war, uh, Dan, by just being on defense.
0: Mm-hmm. That's right. Okay. You're ab- you're absolutely right, and it it also is a war of ideologies, where I think we all recognize that uh, part of this globalist plan uh, to create the new world order is to erase all borders and make. Uh, national sovereignty a thing of the past and, and we can't afford to let that happen.
2: Yeah, that's that's worked real well in Europe, hasn't it?
0: Oh boy, yep. <laughs>
2: For yep those have yep sure been over to Europe has. understand what's going on over there. No, we have uh, a duty to our citizens. The government has a duty to our citizens. Our leaders have a duty to our citizens to protect us above and be all. above and beyond the call of duty, I would say. And we must protect our children that are growing up, we must protect them against drugs, against gangs, against whatever uh, infiltrates into our country. So it is a war across many fronts. Uh, And the point of my paper is that uh, I would create two 20 kilometer uh, zones, what we call secure zones, 20 kilometers south of the border and 20 kilometers uh, north of the border. Now, north of the border, we can use our reserves, our National Guard, the Border Patrol, uh, and all those, uh, the police, the sheriffs on this side of the border. But uh, my plan calls for actually conducting operations jointly with the Mexican Marines and Special Forces when we identify by good intelligence that there is a threat to the United States in the 20 kilometers uh, secure zone south of the border and that we can take action militarily to stop that threat or to neutralize that threat. And uh, that's the position of my paper to President Trump is that we've got to play offense as well as defense. And we can use our special operations forces. uh, We can use our helicopters. uh, We can do uh, what we call cross-border operations. Fast and Furious, by the way, was a fast was a uh, cross-border operation. United States has conducted, when you add it up, almost ten cross-border operations in the last two decades uh, against threats to the United States. You could say Iraq, you could say Afghanistan, Syria. I mean, you can add them all up. Colombia, uh, and Fast and Furious was a uh, uh, was a, a cross-border operation that went bad. So uh, if we uh, locate uh, our uh, Units, uh, say, at three locations, uh, one uh, maybe at Fort Hood, Texas, one at Fort Huachuca, Arizona, another one perhaps at Camp Pendleton, 5,000 active uh, duty people with uh, air support, intelligence support, that will be ready to uh, go and conduct cross-border operations when necessary, and hopefully in conjunction and in coordination with the Mexican Marines and Mexican Special Forces, by the way, who are very good. And so uh, that's the plan I've introduced to Trump. Uh, It's like football. We go on defense all day, but if we don't get across the goal line, we'll never win the game. It's the same thing on this war down here. We can't count on Mexico to take the initiative to do it, so we have to take that initiative. And we say, basically, if it's a threat to the United States, you handle it, we'll handle it together. And if you won't do it, Mexico or the other Central American countries, then we're going to have to do it. And we owe it to the American people.
0: Mhm. You well, I agree. I agree. We we cannot afford to uh continue to allow this uh completely open border policy that we had under the Obama administration. And uh now we're talking about uh, you know, large groups of of illegal immigrants actually uh forming into a a movement to come across the border and that's ridiculous. We 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 cannot allow uh, anybody to cross the border uh, if there will uh, without some accounting of who those people are and what they're doing
2: well certainly and and we can do this legally you know we realize that our industries uh, uh, such as farming agriculture uh, others uh, that we require uh, uh, seasonal uh, you know, workers to come in and that's mm-hmm. fine. It gives an art. We've had that for, for, for a very long time, but they have to come across legally, uh, on a work visa. Uh, and you notice I don't use illegal immigrant. Immigrant implies legal entry into a country. Mm-hmm. If you go back in history. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: All yeah, those no, people come right. across our border without a visa or work permit uh, or, uh, whatever a vacation uh, even uh, that they have to come across legally. So uh, just like when we go into other countries, we have to show our passports. So if the travelers are coming from Central or South America, they'll show their passports and come in as they are doing now. Work visas must be issued to everyone that comes into this country to work for a period of time, whether it be six months or a year. Now, then you've got the bad guys down there. you got uh, uh, the gangs, you've got the cartels, you've got uh, – Radical Islamists coming up and uh, robbers, uh, uh, rapists, uh, they're smuggling. Uh, uh, I can't tell you how many children across the border. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. So you got the, you got the sex smuggling uh, 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 going on. And so all of those things can be identified through good intelligence. And we have to stop the bad stuff, allow legal entry into our country for whatever reason. And that can be done. But we seem not to be able to get our politicians to understand this common-sense approach, uh, as they don't seem to be able to solve a lot of common-sense approaches in Congress. And that's one of our problems. Also, I think our Supreme Courts and the other judicial system are very weak. They're really not standing up for America and our Constitution. I believe President Trump is doing that in the executive branch to the best he can each and every day. Yeah, I think you're right.
3: Uh, I'd like to you know, just jump in here for a second. Uh, sure, Chuck. How are you? I'm good. Doing doing great. You know, I, I wrote the basic border security plan and immigration plan for the Trump administration You know, two years
1: ago. This is a point of order. I can't hear you, Chuck. If you can okay. speak up, please. Uh,
3: you know, I, I wrote the basic immigration and border security plan for the Trump organization over two years ago that they've been working on. And the the key is when Trump came into office, you know, he talked real tough about the border, so a lot of people did not come. However, in the meantime, because Congress has not changed any laws whatsoever, everybody is now coming again. And so we're getting mm-hmm. inundated at the border because we we do catch and release. We do everything that we've been doing over the last 20 years, and so nothing has changed. And you, if you even look at the budget that they gave President Trump to sign, they even had in there – that any new construction could not resemble any of the prototypes that they built in California. And so who who put that in and allowed that in? It had to be Republicans. And so Republicans and Democrats in Congress just are not getting with the program, and they have to change the policy. They have to change the legislation for, uh, so that catch and release is not there, that magnet is not there. We go after the enforcement of the employers, And so so many things have to be done in addition to what the general is talking about because we have to have border security in order to stop all the jihadis coming through, the drugs coming through, and people just walking across saying, hey, I'm here, protect me. And once they are here, then the immigration system with the court system does not work, and they just disappear, never show up to court, and they're lost in the system.
2: Well, and
0: we have an issue on on top of all these other things. We've got mayors and and a few governors uh, talking about sanctuary cities and sanctuary states. And uh, this is something that is based, in my mind, completely on getting reelected. And it has nothing to do with the law of the land and our Constitution or any of our uh, real concerns through our legal system, because there is a difference between legal and illegal immigration. I mean, it's just uh, right there in your face.
3: Well, the Democrats in Congress use the illegal immigration issue twofold. One, as voters in the sanctuary cities and states, because they allow them to vote. I know it. I've seen it in Maryland, seen it in Delaware, (laughs) seen it in California, seen it all over the U.S. The other issue is that they want to count the illegals in the census, and so if they do that, then the Democrats get more congressional seats in Congress. That's why it's so important to have the question on the next census, are you a U.S. citizen, and we do not count anybody who is not a U.S. citizen.
2: Right. Yeah, that's important. Right. Very important, Chuck, no doubt about it.
0: Well, uh let, let's talk about uh General Valley, let's talk about your your plan and uh how how you see the uh relationship with Mexico in developing that plan. I, I know we've we've had some difficulty in trying to get them to cooperate on certain things, but I think also that President Trump has shown that he is determined uh, to, to get things done. And uh, I think we recently saw his uh, his, his talk with uh, uh, tariffs with the Chinese and so forth. And, you know, there's a lot of bluster on all these other countries' part, but they realize that he's serious about this, and eventually they start working with us. Do you see that kind of thing happening uh, with Mexico?
2: Yes, I think Trump can can work a deal with them down there uh, and with some of the other Central American countries where uh, there's been a, 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 a migratory effect coming up uh, through Mexico into the United States. I wanted to make sure, uh, and, and for Chuck, too, that my plan does not call for tanks, does not call for artillery, mortar shells. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about covert operations, just like we do overseas, very effectively, where we find a target, and we work in a joint. Uh, what we have overseas, for example, when I and I was in special operations for 20 years, but we basically have joint counterterrorism centers. Uh, we have one in Jordan, for example. We have one in Djibouti. We have one in uh, Europe and some other places. But these are joint uh, coordination centers. And I picture one being in Mexico, and of course one may be uh, St. Camp Pendleton, uh, or Fort Huachuca in Arizona, uh, where basically they monitor the intelligence, uh, they monitor the uh, threat, and then uh, basically with the forces that are provided, the border control groups uh, that I mentioned in three different uh, locations, that they would task-organize, for example, uh SEAL team, uh, special forces uh, that will go in and actually take out a target on the ground if necessary. Now, targets can be taken out from the air, as you know. Uh, so from that standpoint, uh, these are covert operations to destroy the enemy within that 20-kilometer secure zone uh, and prevent them ever from uh, getting through the United States, whether it be drugs or, or whatever. And so this can be done. Uh, I've done these things overseas myself. They're very effective, and uh, again, uh, uh, Chuck, uh, you know, the, the Marines down there are pretty good, and the Special uh, Operations Forces. Uh, they're the ones you see with their faces covered all the time, and for the most part, uh, you know, uh, we can vet them out, make sure they're uh, consistent with, uh, uh, working, with uh, working in terms of what we require of our Special Operations Forces, but this is, can be done. And we've got to do this. We've got to go on offense. We just can't stay on defense anymore. And hope it's going to go away. No, I think you're and right. And yeah. the president, does not need congressional approval. This is national security. He can do this. We've done it. I don't. I, mm-hmm. I said I'd give you ten examples uh, where we do covert operations. Uh, so the president has the authority, national security, to do this. He also has, uh, even in the omnibus bill. In the Defense Department, there are certain funds that he can fund, just like they're funding the reserve forces going down on the border now. They have to come on active duty for a period of time with per diem, and they're, they're getting paid for this. But the reserves will be doing a lot of assistance on the border on this side in terms of gathering intelligence, surveillance, uh, as well as coordinating aircraft uh, and those different things that the reserves are good at. So, mm-hmm. uh, that's sort of how it's uh, I lay it out
3: yes, that, 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 that's a very good plan because even in the budget that president trump just signed it had in there where dod would help jordan and other countries with their border security plans and so That's right so we've already you
2: know, done it haven't we yeah
1: good money point
3: overseas and yet they will not protect our own border so that tells There you go where their thoughts are and where we can draw the line. Now, you know, the military has a long history of projects, civilian projects, PPPs, all kinds of other projects in the United States. You look at the Corps of Engineers, you look at the Seabees, you look at what Duncan Hunter did out in California. So, the military has a strong and long record of doing things uh, in our own nation that we expect them to do overseas.
2: That's a very good point, Chuck.
0: And and I I, I might add to, to this whole discussion is that uh, it's actually one of the few things that's uh, constitutionally mandated is the protection of our borders from invasion. Yeah.
3: If, if you look back over the last 20 to 30 years, I, as an ex-military, and retired military officer feel that we have been invaded. We have over 20, I would say tw- between 20 and 30 million illegals in our country right now, and we're, we're invaded every day through mm-hmm. the southern border, through our ports of entry, and that is a national security issue. There's a, a gentleman in Brazil uh, who, who DHS knows very, very well, and it's uh, Sharifat Ali Khan, he's a Pakistani, he's in Brazil, and he smuggles people from Syria, Iran, and many different terrorist organizations, Hamas and Hezbollah, into Mexico, into the United States every day. And we know that, we have documentation on it, and the general is exactly right that terrorists are coming across our border every day.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Well, Chuck, and like you said, you see, what you just said is what we call intelligence.
3: Yes, absolutely.
2: So where you got that information was was derived from some intelligence on the ground or through cyber or through whatever reason that that's picked up. And that's exactly, Chuck, what I'm talking about in the coordination center, the joint coordination center. They're gathering this intel daily, 24 hours a day. We're pinpointing targets. Where are the movements occurring? Where are they bringing the people from? Where are they transiting to? Uh, or where are their locations like for the cartel? You know, we can derive, Chuck, all that good intel if we if we put it to work uh, to secure the country just like we do overseas.
3: Yes, I, I agree with you 100%. That's why I brought that example up. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. that's a good one.
0: Well, and um, uh, General, you've also mentioned something that I think are our listeners have uh, gotten on some previous shows we've had, which is that our ports and our airports and literally any point of entry into the country Mm -hmm. uh, is is part of that border system. And, boy, we've got some things going on right now, and I I don't want to get into that discussion too much, but uh, where a lot of our ports are being turned over to people that are uh, totally opposed to everything we stand for as a nation.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've had you know? two instances of that. Yeah, that's another situation where people don't realize the ports. But, uh, you know, Chuck and, and, and Dan, if the people are listening out there, get to your your leaders, your supposed leaders we have in Congress. Or, you know, we've got to keep pushing what we need to do because most of them have, don't have the courage to stand up and do what needs to be done you know, I've challenged uh, Chuck, I don't know how many uh, on the air in the last two weeks, name me the five toughest, strongest warriors we have in Congress, Senate and, and the House of Representatives. And people start scratching their head to name even mm-hmm. five. I mean, I can name my own, and I'm sure you can, but we need to get the word to them. We need to push the word to President Trump, uh, to General Mattis, however people can push that word back that we need uh, total offense and defensive plan to solve this problem once and for all mm-hmm. and put, quit playing games and qu- uh, quit permitting outsiders to come into this country bringing in drugs that kill thousands of our young people each and every week. I mean, it's just a mm-hmm. disgrace what's happening, especially in our inner cities.
0: Well, and you mentioned the, uh, the uh, human trafficking, and that is, an enormous problem the the yeah. uh uh young the young children the young girls that are brought into uh the United States for prostitution and and yes. and also uh, citizens from the United States that are kidnapped and hauled across the border uh into mexico that is a real problem
2: We have thousands of young girls in America that are unaccounted for thousands mm-hmm. of American girls, so you're absolutely right. Yeah.
3: I, I've I've been down on the border a lot because I was part of the Minuteman and everything
2: else. And so, oh, were you? Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And then if you go down there, you'll see what they call rape trees. where the Yes, I've heard about those. Where the
3: uh, smugglers will throw the women's panties up in the tree as a trophy. and, and mm-hmm. But every woman that they bring across the border is raped. And so, you know. Our our, border, our southern border is probably one of the most violent and uh, unsecured borders in the world. Mm-hmm.
2: That's a fact. No, no doubt about it. It, it is a fact, and uh, it's it's just terrible. And you know, and here we're talking about all these threats. Yeah, we talk about North Korea. We talk about Iran. Uh, they continue to blame Russia for everything that's going on, but here. We have a real war on our borders against American citizens and we're playing a half ass game at best. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep.
3: One one of the things that uh, I, you know, I've talked to the state department about is look at the funding that you're giving to Mexico. You're giving to all the central American company countries and you know, at some point in time, they've got to step up to the plate and be responsible for their own people leaving and coming north. And so we need to look at those funds and either withhold them or redirect them into certain other areas in order to stop the migration coming north. You know, you, know, you look at the, the big band of uh, immigrants that are coming north that has been reported on over the last several weeks. And that, you know, that facilitates President Trump to get the National Guard on the border. And so these groups, tell, you know, they organize them, they bring them north, and they tell them exactly what to say. And as soon as they hit the U.S. soil, they they say the right words, and then it's a catch and
2: release. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's got to be stopped. Whatever happened to that caravan, Chuck, that came up? I, I sort of lost uh, um, uh, any knowledge of to- whatever happened to that.
3: It fractured. However, there are uh, several thousand that are still on their way, and they've, they've fractured into much smaller groups, and, but they're still coming. And I would say uh, over the last couple of weeks, uh, there have been uh, probably 300 or 400 that have hit the border.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and, and gentlemen, I'd have to make the statement that we start we need to start recognizing treason for what it is and saying absolutely no. And, and General, you talked about how you can't get a handful of congressmen or senators who uh, really stand up and do the right thing. I think we need to also identify those who intentionally do the wrong thing, and we've got plenty of them, and they need to stand accountable to the American people.
2: Yeah, how do we do it, though? I mean, we do it through the elections, then we bring somebody in. They serve for two years and four years and six years, and their term limits, uh, and, uh, uh, you know, you just listen to these hearings they had. You know, I chaired the Benghazi Citizens Commission for Benghazi hearing with Admiral Lyons. We gave Trey Gowdy everything he needed to send people to jail. We caught Hillary Clinton in a lie in, in her hearings. We we uh, found uh, uh, what was the secretary of defense then uh, uh, from California? Uh, you know who I mean. Caught him in a yeah, lie. Leon we Panetta. caught yeah Leon Panetta. Uh, Panetta we caught Panetta, yeah. uh, we caught the general the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff lying when they said we didn't have any assets in the Mediterranean to to rescue those individuals in Benghazi, absolute lie. We identified 10 different units in the Mediterranean that could have been uh, Air Force, Navy, as well as uh, Special Ops from Spain, from, from Italy, that could have been brought in for a rescue mission. And so they lied in front of Congress. But here's Trey Gowdy, supposedly this tough prosecutor background. He got to the 10-yard line. He could never take it into the end zone. Nobody was ever tried. It's like all these hearings they have. Uh, nothing ever goes anywhere.
0: Yep, that is true. Well, that's uh that's an indication of the deep state and the fact is is that um I think we need to get to the point where we quit playing uh playing the game on their terms and we start holding people accountable for their constitutional oath. And I you know, I really honestly think we should do that and I think we can in some way, but it's gonna it's gonna be a uh, an ugly situation when we finally get there.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you look at what's going on at DOJ, FBI now, and you know, you're talking about deep state is very deep. in, in you know, who, who's going to go to jail and, and who's going to get yeah get, uh, mm-hmm. prosecuted and whatever. But one of the things I'd like to suggest that we do, uh, General Valley, is uh, we need to go to John Bolton. Uh, as the new mm-hmm. head of the National Security uh, for President Trump. Go to him, go to Mattis. Uh, we we'll, we need to go to Mike Pompeo. So we yep. need to go to certain people now that are becoming or are in power that have ma- will make a change because President Trump has seen that these other individuals could not do what he wants him to do. And so I think that uh, John John Bolton, Mike Pompeo, and, and General Mantis are key people that we've got to get to and talk to uh, with this, and even the uh, Secretary of DHS. I think uh, she would really enjoy having us there to brief her on some of these actions.
2: Well, no, that's exactly uh, right, Chuck. Uh, I'm trying to raise uh, $1.5 million now for the documentary on what we're just talking about and get it out by election time. Uh and so we've written a screen to, or the this film script for it already. And uh, once I get the funds to produce this, uh, uh, we can get finally out to people understand what's going on south of our border. Uh, because you can't depend, as you know, on our media. They're not telling the story mm-hmm. of what's going on south of the border. They're more concerned about the Mueller investigation and what Russia's doing and all of these other things staying away from the real underbelly threats that we have to the country. And so we can't depend on them. We don't have the strength and the the people of strength in the Congress are going to do anything about it. And again, if it wasn't for President Trump, we would have never known how deep the state is and how corrupt it is.
0: Absolutely.
3: Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's
0: very true. What I would
3: like to to suggest is, we we can do fundraisers in D.C. I'll help do that, and, and you know, you just need to do a national campaign and raising money to put something like this together, and then I will uh, call many different individuals I know in, in Washington, and we'll try to uh, get to the right people
2: and go brief them. Well, that's a good Chuck, idea, to fight.
0: Chuck, Uh uh Chuck, I, we're kind of losing you on some of the signal. I don't know if there's a um, – but, but uh, please speak up a little bit. Okay. There we go. Bingo.
3: Yeah, so what I was saying is that uh, we can do some fundraising in Washington, D.C., because I live in Potomac, Maryland, so we can do some fundraising Mm -hmm. in Washington, D.C., and make people really alert and go visit some congressmen and senators and also some of the key individuals we've talked about as part of the Trump administration. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, gentlemen, there's one thing that uh, has, has come back every time, they do any kind of a a legitimate poll, and that is that the American people are still 100% behind President Trump in uh, closing these porous open borders. And and I I don't mean that 100% of the people are in favor of that, but the large majority of Americans are in favor of that, and they don't want him to back away from that.
3: that. That is true. And, and, you know, one of the key points that I'd like to talk about is that President Trump wants to get the $25 billion up front. And in the plan that I wrote for the White House and, and for this campaign, I wrote where or the 2,000-mile southern border, we can divide that up into 50 or even 100-mile increments and have different contractors build similar you know from the prototypes whatever is selected because across the southern border you could have the whole thing built in two years and I agree with uh, with General Valley that I've been to Israel many times I, I based the plan off of what Israel does you've got to have a layered security plan not only the wall but you have your sensors your drones your cameras your your quick reaction force and everything else so there's a pretty good uh, layered security plan that has to be accomplished but the physical barrier has to be there to stop the individuals that just want to walk across the border and say take me in
2: Mm-hmm. yes so I, 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 any uh, way we can get it to john bolton i don't have any once these guys get in the box in the white house you send them emails but you never hear anything back so uh, that's what's very frustrating. That's why Steve Bannon left and Gorka left. They they're not in the box guys like I, I'm an out of the box guy, and they couldn't operate in the box. So Chuck, you know what that's all about. But uh, if we get it to Bolton, that'd be good. But I don't have any I don't have any rap to him. I don't have his I, email or his phone or.
3: I, I have a route right to him and also Sebastian Gorka I know very well. So good. I, I will get it to them. What I'll do is I'll go on the
1: website, download it, and I'll get it to them.
2: Well, I'll send it to you if I get your email, Chuck. I'll send it to you in the morning
1: okay that's fine. I'll... We just
2: updated it uh, yesterday
0: okay and and gentlemen, I'll make sure that both of you have each other's emails
2: Good, thank yeah. you Dan <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: yep yeah. well uh let, let's let's just talk about how how the uh the layered system uh has worked in the past in in uh in Israel or in locations where they've had a real security problem for a long time and uh, how that could really do the job in the United States along our border.
1: Go
2: ahead, Chuck, if you want to talk about that. I'll I'll talk a little bit about Israel, too.
3: Okay. Um, I I was on the MFO peacekeeping force in Israel, so I visited Israel a lot. And so before they put the fence up, they were getting bombings every day, Thousands of people killed, and so you have to have uh, a physical barrier. You have to do the electronics, the the drones, the cameras, the sensors. And then you also have to have a road so you can monitor who goes there, and also the air support with the quick reaction team. You uh, know, if you look recently, what's been happening uh, in 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 the Gaza Strip, uh, nobody's gotten across, but you know they've been uh, they've been causing quite a bit of violence on the other side of the fence, but, you know, the the fence works. And so uh, the Democrats know the fence works, and that's why they're against it.
2: Yeah, that's exactly uh, right. I I went over with a team, uh, General McInerney, myself, and others, uh, when the the wall had been completed over there. So we went to one of the uh, uh, coordination centers uh, where they have the computers in there, Chuck. And uh, anyhow, we're sitting in there and they got the monitors and the computers on these different uh, cameras that are on, you know, on the, on the uh, uh, fence itself, looking down on both sides so they can monitor those rows on each side that parallel the fence. So we're sitting in there and all of a sudden, suddenly I heard this bird chirping. And what it was, was they programmed into the computer that even if a sparrow Flew into that fence or wall, or there was some disturbance at all, it start chirping, and so whoever was in that coordination center could hear the chirping, and they knew uh basically there was a threat uh at some point along the fence and then uh, like you said, they had a, a quick reaction force then that could be sent as necessary uh so uh you know the israelis uh know knew how to do it, they did it, and it's been very very effective so we learned from that. Uh, we've got all the technology to do all those things. The United States and Israel have some of the probably the best drones in the world that you can look down, see down 24 hours a day. And you can take out targets identified by intelligence with the drones. We don't have to send in our jets necessarily because they're not massed like a battalion or a brigade, uh, you know, in the armed forces. So these are all relatively small targets, cartel-sized targets. Uh, but, uh, you can work up a plan even to stop the flow of, uh, of individuals coming caravanning up through, whether they come up by trains or by trucks. There's all sorts of ways. If we really want to do this, we can make it happen and we can make it effective. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. We, you know, I've taken, uh, many other companies, including myself into CBP, uh, briefing.
0: I
2: can't hear Dan. Can you?
3: No,
0: can you speak up just a little bit, Chuck? Okay.
2: I think it's production. Over the
3: last several years, I've taken several different uh, tech companies into CBP to talk to Mark Bukowski and his group uh, about the different uh, options that are available tech-wise in order to protect the border. They take the information, and they never do anything about it. And again, I guess it's part of the deep state, but hopefully under the Trump administration, some of these deep state people at, in CBP and other areas will start getting a message and hopefully will start doing something.
0: Well, and, and, and Chuck, you mentioned this, but the various estimates of the number of people who are in this country illegally uh, vary from anywhere from 15 to uh, 35 million people, and That is a huge number of people when you understand that many of them are requiring social services and uh, things that uh, hospitalization and other things uh, that the American people are paying for. And uh, in many states, including California, actually the illegals have better access to medical care than the people who are citizens in those states.
3: Yeah, the Centers for Immigration, uh, Judicial Watch, and many other organizations in the D.C. area have estimated that, uh, that uh, about $100 billion a year are spent on illegals in the United States.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and we're rapidly, because of all these crazy programs that have been put in place over the last 20 years, uh, and especially over the last 10 years, uh, the United States is becoming... Uh, much less affluent than they were, uh, you know, in, in years past. And, uh, frankly, we need to uh, protect our national economy. And I understand that, uh, you know, there are farm workers and diff- different uh, groups like that. But that worked very well when we had a good, strong border and uh, legal immigration was recognized. And that's wh- that's all we are asking this to to be is a recognition of legal and illegal. And uh, frankly, if if they're breaking the law, uh, we can't do that. Why should they?
3: Well, if you look at uh, Congressman Goodlatte's bill that he's introduced and that President Trump likes, it has certain things in there about that where if you come in as a guest worker, the person that brings you in, the company that brings you in, is responsible for you and you get no social services whatsoever. Your family does not come. You do your Mm -hmm. guest worker and you go home. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. Every other
3: country.
0: Can I
2: tell you you a quick story? Can I tell you a quick story? I just thought of this, uh, Chuck. I was in San Diego over the weekend for some uh, meetings. And so uh, I was staying at the Hilton down there. So I, I get down to the lobby, I check out. So I, get on my cell phone, and I call up an Uber to take me to the airport. So the Uber driver comes up uh, Sunday morning, picks me up, and on the way to the airport, nice young man, I uh, said, where are you from? He says he's from Cuba. I said, goodness, how did you get here? Uh, Just ask him. He told me the whole story, Chuck, uh, and how he got to San Diego. He didn't go through Mexico because it's too expensive as a refugee coming, an escapee, and he's telling me how difficult it is to escape out of Cuba. But once you do, you have to pay certain things. But he said the big business in Mexico now is for the refugees or anybody escaping, like from Cuba or from Honduras, that they have a certain amount of money that they charge everybody to do whatever – and it's multi-layered and multi-layered in, in, in regards to the pay and what they do for them. They had to go through Colombia. He had to go through Colombia. Now he says where a lot of escapees coming out of Cuba go through Colombia, not Mexico anymore. And that's how he came into the United States. He walked his. He walked all the way up, I guess, and uh, probably came up through Panama and then up through you know Costa Rica and so on. But he said uh, most of them don't want to go through Mexico because all they do is rip you off. And then if you're caught, they put you in jail and send you back. And then you're incarcerated by the Cubans. And so that's just it was an interesting story last wow. Sunday that I found uh, uh, how Mexico is in this big business now. they getting paid and charging a lot of money for anybody coming through their country headed towards the United States.
3: Yeah, but it also makes you wonder why... Uh, Every, all the Most illegals go to California or other sanctuary cities because they can get driver's license and go to work.
2: Yeah, and he's been mm-hmm. working for Uber for eight months, and uh, he's, he's put in for his green card. He's trying to do it the right way now that he came under, but he came into the U.S. as a refugee, refugee status. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, anyhow.
0: Well, and I also know that uh, Mexico guards their southern border Pretty darn well. I mean, you know, they don't have an open border uh on their southern border like we do. You know, that's no, I,
2: uh that, that's that tells you a whole it, yeah. lot
0: about Mexico. I you know, and, and sure. again they they uh they're in the business to uh to get rid of as many citizens, get as many of their people on our on our welfare systems and on our uh job systems because we're a huge source of income for the Mexican government. Yep, yep uh, we I, are.
3: I've been saying for several years that we, the, UN the United States, should have the same exact immigration policy that Mexico has. If we did, we wouldn't have a problem.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's very true. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I think that's, uh, with the exception of maybe Germany, and a, uh, a few places have gone completely nuts about uh the immigration issue most countries around the world have a much stricter immigration policy than we do and nobody says a thing about them
2: yeah exactly right Well, listen Dan I have to go Uh, I've got another uh, commitment here at about eight o'clock my time so uh, if that's okay
0: oh sure sure well uh, thank you uh, general for being on the uh, radio show with us and uh, Chuck, you'll stay on. We can uh, continue this discussion about the southern border. But uh, thank you again. Uh, and, and Paul, would you like to tell uh, our listeners to, uh, a little bit about uh, Stand Up America and some of the projects that you're involved in before you go, so that uh, they can get in touch and uh, and sure. support some of the things you're doing.
2: Well, I'm a trustee for two different foundations. One is the Stand Up America Found- US Foundation, Stand Up America US. Uh and we've been around for about ten years, uh, America US dot org. They can go there, they can support us, join uh our our efforts in the foundation. Uh second foundation is we have is the Soldiers Memorial Fund, uh which is a uh four oh one C three. Uh that uh, we help uh, active duty and uh, veterans themselves and their families. We do scholarships. So we have two foundations. Uh, that's soldiersmemorialfund.org. So people can donate, contribute to that, and we'll make sure that a service member out there will will be helped uh, with that money. 95% of what we raise for the Soldiers Fund goes to support uh, the families for the active duty or the Reserve and National Guard troops.
0: Well thank you for that and thank you for that uh, for that program um and um wish the very best and give give our best to your lovely wife.
2: Thank you very much and thank you Chuck and I'll get your email and send you that information in the morning.
0: Yes sir thank you.
2: Okay bye bye. All right thank you. Uh Okay, Chuck, uh, you know, I know you've uh,
0: been involved because you and I've had you've been on my show a couple of times and we've talked about uh how to uh protect the border and some of the things that you were working on and and you started to uh allude to the uh the breaking up of these contracts into uh segments so that uh that project could get completed in a timely way. Uh, would you maybe tell our listeners some of the things that you've that you've outlined in your plan uh, to improve border security?
3: Sure. Uh, you know, the first thing is you, you have to look at the terrain because the terrain in Texas, especially around the Rio Grande, is much different than in Arizona, California. <clears throat> so you'll probably have at least three different. Uh, plans as far as a border security wall or fence and then uh, in addition to that you have to have the technology behind it so we have seismic technology that will uh, record an an animal, people, vehicles, all kinds of things and you can tell exactly what's coming across the border up to a half a mile before they get to the border. And so that is critical. You also use that for tunnels. Uh, We use drones, we use cameras, we use sensors. And so you use a combination of these things. In Israel, they even have what they call a touch fence. And so if you even touch the fence, then alarms go off. And so there are many different technologies that you can use across the border in different locations and one of the other things that I suggested uh, to the White House uh, not only President Trump but under Bush uh, before is that you set up uh, several uh, different communication centers where in the communication centers you have your quick reaction teams you have your courts you have your prison facilities holding facilities all those sort of things in that area and so when people come across they're not released they go to those centers they're processed immediately so that you detect you detain and you return you do not Mm -hmm. keep them you don't release them into the general public where they can just roam across the US go kill and rape and do whatever they're going to do and so you have to have these different centers across the southern border uh, in 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 order to support the uh, CBP agents and make sure that everything is there at the facilities, so that you know, everything goes quickly and smoothly.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and uh, Chuck, I think one of the things that our our listeners need to understand, and I. I've read uh, some of your information, and and it's important that they realize that this is not in any way inhumane. It is intended to stop the problem in a very humane way, but return these people so that they realize they're not going to be able to have a free pass if they uh, they get to the border.
3: Yes. I mean, you, you look at all these kids that their parents just sent across the border, they they walk through Mexico. They get on the trains, et cetera. Come up through Mexico with the coyotes, and then as soon as they get into the U.S. under Obama, he flew them everywhere across the country, in all the different communities. And so now we have all these gangs and illegals all in all across the United States in every community. And so a lot of these young kids, as teenagers, they would come into the United States, go into Arlington, Virginia, Germantown, Maryland, all kinds of other places, and what happens to them? They get involved in the gangs. They, they, the gangs become their family. And so, you know, what, what's a, is that a better situation than where they were? No, it
0: mm-hmm. isn't. That's right. Yeah, it isn't. And, uh, and the thing that, you know, people need to understand is that, these uh, facilities that you're talking about—they in no way are they something that's, uh, uh, you know, some nasty thing where they're where they're going to be starved or they're going to be beaten or any of this nonsense. That's what happens in Mexico, not in the United States. We just want to make sure that we can return people who are here illegally.
3: Yes, and 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 again i see this as a national security issue we have been invaded if if there were even a million soldiers coming into our country we would see that as a national security put the military and go fight we have mm-hmm. 15 20 30 million people that have come across the border and and we've done nothing
0: right right and and we do not Uh, ask that they, or or demand that they not come across legally, we just want to be able to stop them from coming across the border illegally.
3: If if you go back and look in the 1950s and 60s, about 250,000 people per year were allowed into the United States, And, and if you use that kind of number, then those individuals can coming to the United States and be integrated into the society and into the American culture and way of life. Right now, we're getting a million people per year. They cannot be integrated. They don't want to be integrated. And so that's why you have all these different cliques and different communities where they don't even speak English anymore.
0: Right, right. In fact, we're speaking more and more Spanish and, and uh, other languages in the United States because uh, our culture is is being diluted so bad.
3: That's right. You look at our culture, you look at the German culture, you look at the culture in Sweden and France. I mean, it's just being atrocious.
0: Mm -hmm. Good, yes. Well, uh, Chuck, we've we've, uh, run out of time, but I want to thank you for being our guest on the show. Is there anything that you would like to uh, say in parting to our listeners and uh, let them know ways that uh, they can help with the problem.
3: Uh, well, again, just like uh, General Valley said, c- contact your congressional leaders, contact your local politicians, uh, talk at different groups, and you know whatever you can do, we're still fighting the fight. It's a long fight. It's a very difficult fight because not only Democrats, are totally against what we're trying to do but you have a lot of Republicans are too and so we need to see this as a national security issue as an issue that saves the United States that we have to go by the Constitution and save America we cannot keep this up and so uh, you know our, our people uh, all across the United States are suffering due to the drugs, due to the crime, due to the violence. And so mm-hmm. we have to do something about it, and we need to make sure that we elect people who will do something about it and not say something when they're elected. And when they get to Washington, D.C., they do the total opposite.
0: All right, right. Yep, I I couldn't agree more. Well, uh, Chuck, thank you again for being our guest on the show. And um, death to the new world order. Uh, Kelby? <laughs> I know you feel that way, too. We've had enough discussions. I know you feel just that way. Uh, Kelby, uh, uh, I will turn the show back over to you.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes this week's show with Connecting the Dots with Dan Happel. God bless. Good night. We'll see you next Thursday, 6 p.m. Pacific.